Chapter 3, What Must I Do? There once was a young, wealthy, religious man who approached Jesus and asked him what he must do to earn eternal life. Jesus looked at him and quoted five out of the Ten Commandments. The young man, with excitement in his eyes, replied to Jesus, I have obeyed these commandments since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and had compassion on him and said, This is true, but there's one thing you haven't done. Go and sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have a great reward in heaven, and you can follow me. The man, looking at the ground, said nothing and walked away from Jesus. This story saddens me. This young man who had everything in the world you could ever want, riches, status, and even a belief in something greater than himself, still felt like something was missing. He knew it, and that is why he ran to find Jesus, the man he heard had all the answers. I think there are some of us in our churches, and maybe even reading this book, who like this man have said we want to surrender everything over to Jesus. We have tried to find pleasure in the things of life, but have not found it to be fulfilling or long-lasting. We have been told that the true fulfillment can only be found by walking with Jesus, and therefore we now approach him, hoping to find answers. The rich young man who had it all thought he wanted an answer from Jesus for his question, but the truth was he didn't. I think some of us don't either. Jesus knows our hearts, and he knows the areas in our life where we have the most fear, and therefore the most control over. The young man was rich because of his deep fear of having lack, and through his fear he did everything he could to control his financial security. Jesus knew this and still had compassion on him. When we approach Jesus and we say we surrender, Jesus will often expose these areas in our lives and allow us to make the choice whether we will surrender it. Often surrendering to Jesus leads us to action, whether it be selling our favorite technology gadget or letting go of an unhealthy intimate relationship. In my experience, walking alongside those who desire to go deeper with Jesus is often attached to surrender and the need to let go of a dream, relationship, career, or even sometimes what part of town you live in. There always is an action attached to our surrender. Some of us say we want to surrender everything over to Jesus, but once we approach Jesus and he shows us what that will mean, we will also walk away from him with our face to the ground. When I was 16 years old, I was learning a lot about this idea that God desires to speak to me. Even though I knew in theory walking with Jesus meant God could speak, I never really experienced hearing God's voice. At least I did not understand how to know what God's voice was and what was my own. I remember seeking God in prayer and asking Him to speak. One of the first things I remember Him saying was, You say you want to hear from me, yet every time I try to speak to you, you are listening to something else. I knew what Jesus meant. Jesus was revealing something in my heart. You see, at that time in my life, I had an iPod classic that could hold a lot of music. For me, music was always something I used to escape from my reality. I had a ton of music on my iPod. Out of thousands and thousands of songs I had on my iPod, there were maybe only four Christian worship songs, which were probably some old Hillsong songs. I hated worship music. I found it so boring and cheesy. But now, through this encounter with Jesus, I hit a dilemma. I knew that I had to make a choice if I would leave all my music behind in order to hear more from God. I surrendered, and therefore, for six long months, I only listened to worship music. At first this was painful, but then I was introduced to a band called Jesus Culture, followed by Bethel Music, 
resulting in my whole experience with worshiping Jesus radically being changed. I can honestly say my life has never been the same because of that decision I made to follow Jesus' call to give up music. Now to give you context, today I do listen to music that's not Christian, and I very much enjoy an alternative rock radio station. God asked me to give up music for a specific reason in a specific season. I suspect if the rich young ruler had sold all his possessions and followed Jesus, he would have become wealthy again. But I believe how he got wealthy and what he did with his wealth would drastically change. If you read the passage in Mark chapter 10 where this story is told, you will see in the midst of the call to surrender finances, Jesus offered two things to this young man. Jesus offered him a treasure in heaven and he offered him a personal invitation to be one of his disciples. Jesus is not asking you to surrender because he wants you to suffer. He is offering you a fuller life. The rich young man was living a very poor life, therefore he desired to find Jesus. When I was using music to get through my hardship, I did not realize how much more joy, peace, and purpose I could have experience had I worshipped Jesus through my suffering. It wasn't until Jesus called me out that I was able to see Jesus' way was way better than mine. I don't know what God is asking you to surrender to him right now in this moment, but I know he has something better for you. He will never ask us to surrender anything that isn't hurting us in our relationship with him. Our posture before God matters. Surrendering has a lot to do with posture, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I will talk more about that in a later chapter. Even though this is a sad story about a man who had said no to Jesus, it reveals us the nature of what it means to follow Jesus. Following Jesus isn't about how much good we do or how much money we have. Following Jesus boils down to putting your full trust in Him and following Him with our whole being. It's not about doing it perfectly. Don't forget, Jesus is okay with our shallow hallelujah. What I love about this story is after this encounter, all the disciples of Jesus are really sad and confused. I think for many of them, they were thinking, if this young, faithful man isn't getting eternal life, how on earth are we going to? I also think some of the other disciples were upset because if this man had become one of the disciples, it could have helped their public appearance, especially because the disciples' reputation was dicey at best. Jesus noticed it upset them and he encouraged them by saying it is impossible for the rich to enter the kingdom of God, but what is impossible for man isn't impossible to God. Peter responded, Jesus, we have surrendered everything we have to follow you. What does that mean for us? His answer to this question is brilliant and is a promise I hold on to as I attempt to surrender everything over to him. I hope his words can be an anchor for you as you surrender everything over to him. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left a house or brother or sister or mother or father or children or land for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and land with persecution and in the age to come eternal life but many who are first will be last and the last first i encourage you to right now ask jesus what it is that he would have you surrender to him jesus wants all of your heart not just a part of it remember surrender is rooted in trust and therefore, sometimes we need to surrender situations and circumstances that has happened to us, knowing that may mean we need to forgive and let go and stop trying to find answers.
I know it's hard, but until we can surrender everything, the things we won't will always have more power over us than we do over it. We can't beat these things on our own, and Jesus doesn't want you to. He wants to help. We need to surrender everything, including the results and answers we want to hear and happen over to Him.